Hello, my name is Ben, and you're listening to the Deconstruct Podcast, and this one's going to be a quickie. This week, we're going to be talking about a mashup I saw on TikTok of, firstly, the record player song by D the Great, then the Wailing song, The Wellerman, and then finally, the Viking series on History Channel's adaptation of the text my mother told me from Eggles Sagal. Eggles Sagal? Eggles Saga. Something like that. When I first listened to it, I was thinking, whoa, how do these unrelated melodies all fit together? But then do some music theory digging, and then I'm going to present to you what I figured out. So before I even start, go listen to it. I, I will put a link to it in the description. Even if you don't have the TikTok app, you can still view it on the web. And I thankfully will not be putting any timestamps in the video. You will have the privilege of just knowing where sections are. So without further ado, let's begin. My first target of attack was going to be to analyze the harmonic structure of this, and that is pretty easily given to us by the second video in the chain by user at BassBonnell. So we can gather from his part that the harmonic structure isn't that really complicated. He's just starting on one chord, and then shifting down to to establish some sort of tension, and then coming back up those two to establish a release. Nice harmonic structure, but the real interest is going to be in how all the melodic lines come in. But I think the main thing is that you need to analyze how each of the melodies fits into the notes of the chord specifically. So I'm going to start with the melody of the record player song as provided by user at Jonathan Tilkin. And what I'm going to do is in one year, I'm going to play you the melody and in the other year, I'm going to play you the chords so that you can get a feel, if not necessarily know exactly which notes line up within the chord. So that fit pretty well together, but I think it's time to put that melody to the test. What I'm going to do is I'm going to remove any of the notes from that melody that do not fit into the three notes of the chord and see what we missed this time. So a lot of the melody in the first two and the last two chords are kept intact. However, the chord in the middle, the lowest chord, is kind of missing a lot of notes. So what we can do to add those back in is that we can add thirds on top of the chord, that meaning we add notes on the top that are the same distance as the notes below it. So if we do that, then we get... So once you've accepted these added notes, these color notes that don't really change where a chord is going to go, but just change how it sounds, a lot of the melody of the record player's song fits much more neatly into what we just heard. Also, another really cool thing that is done by adding these color notes is that you now have, instead of just having everything moving, there is now one note that is the top of the first chord that doesn't move at all, but kind of keeps an anchor throughout the whole thing. The second melody up on the docket is provided by user at Green one and that being the Wellerman. I'm going to do the same process where I'm going to remove any of the notes that don't fall neatly into that chord structure.
again falling apart at certain places but then again i find that the melody the melody from the record player song at the times when this falls apart has the chord tones so it's not like there's ever chord tones being lost at any point but just instead some parties are doing the color tones and some parties are doing the chord tones next up on the docket is number three my mother told me as provided by user at macrobecky You may reasonably gather from listening to that demonstration that overlaying that melody onto that medley would be an absolute failure. However, you, you would not be taking into account the idea of embellishing or color tones. So if we add all of those notes back in, I think it does sound quite nice. These are the kind of suspensions that Eric Whitaker makes millions off of. I don't know if he actually makes millions off of, but Eric Whitaker certainly makes his money off of stuff that sounds like... Just by virtue of the voice leading, you just need this to resolve down to... And that's all you need, folks. Especially when all the other major chord tones are being established elsewhere in the other two melodies, and especially in the bass. But here's the thing. All of this would be completely useless if the melodies themselves were not interesting. So let's go through each of these one by one and see what makes each of these individual melodies tick. The first one up is the record player song, and first... I think what makes this really work well is the use of a single motif that, when sped up, sounds like this. We can take that motif and then shift the notes to suit the chord as necessary, but interestingly enough, though the chord as a whole is going down, the melody is going into inversions, so stacking the notes in a different order such that you can move it up while the chords move down. I find that kind of interesting. It gives a little bit of a flair to it. Once you've done that, you can then speed up the rhythm so that it's two units of time for every pitch, and then you can add in little embellishments to make it more suit the text. So that when you've done that, you can get this. If you take that idea of using a motif and changing it up and apply it to the second melody, the Wellerman, then you can get the same idea, except for that the harmonic rhythm, that being the speed of chord changes, is twice as fast. And in the original version, it uses different chords. So the harmonic idea of can be expanded upon into... The next melody is a little bit more complicated though. We start off with this figure of which can be simplified down into but then adding in a bit of a 
to emphasize the downbeat. Yeah, a lot of this melody here has a habit of doing a downbeat, going to downbeat, going to downbeat, going to downbeat. And that is accomplished by starting off the stronger beats by having the notes be a bit longer so they settle in a bit more and a bit more weighty. And then having the notes on the weaker beats that lead into the strong beats have the rhythms come faster so that it's a bit like a drum going and then each of these little phraselets end off with something that revolves around the chord tone of the ending key until it resolves so you have and then you also have so then each of those melodies approach their structures in a different way, but when they all come together, they're made whole by their harmonic content and the differences that make each other up. Now, if I could go on a brief tangent to address music theory people. If you've ever gone through high school music theory or even college music theory and gone, what is up with this four-part writing nonsense? Why can't I just use parallel fifths? Every style of music does it today. Why can't I do X, Y, or Z? Ultimately, the root answer is kind of an elitism of the 18th century style four-part writing, but once you go a layer above that and accept that they want to ingrain into you a style that's been dead for 200 to 300 years, you can understand that the point of it is to create independence in part lines. And rather than actually showing you how to create independent lines, what they decided to do instead, and this is what I hate about music theory, is that you just decided to boil it down to a bunch of rules instead of actually thinking about whether or not they should actually be melodies in the first place. And they're like, oh, melodies that are distinct from each other, you know, they tend to not have parallel fifths or they don't tend to overlap each other. And instead of actually trying to create decent melodies, they're just like, oh, if you follow these rules, then you'll have good melodies. When it's the wrong way around. If you have good melodies, then all of these things will fall into place. Whether, well, whether or not you actually do have absolutely parallel fifths is another question. But if you create melodies that are independent from each other, that all those other things will fall into place. So your music theory teachers were doing this wrong, but the idea that they had was sound. So, you know, music theory isn't terrible. It's just not reality. I'm going to just leave you on that for today. So I have been Ben. This has been the Deconstruct Podcast, and I will see you next time. Take care.